Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Jim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio, bright and early at a really, really good time for all involved, including my producer, Tanika's mother, who loves this. We have the great Anscape senior writer, personality, NBA maven, Hall of Famer. We will get to this, Mark Spears. Mark, how you doing today? Good morning. Good morning, brother. You know, Thank you for... It's, 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 these 7.30 starts are good for me, man. I like that. I, li- <laughs> no. I, I like getting everything out of the way early, you know, so you can enjoy your day early, right? Earlier. This is no problem. But I was trying to figure it out. Man, when did we first meet? You were at the LA Daily News. Had to be, right? I mean, where, oh, was that... Yeah. So that was what I, I don't remember. Ninety-seven, ninety-seven, and you were doing Clippers or backing up. Oh, Clippers? I was doing the Angels. Angels, oh, goodness! How did we meet when you were doing but the Angels? Were, but you were doing the Lakers, right? Yes, yes. So, so were you doing sidebars? Sidebars on Lakers? Sidebars. Kobe's rookie year. Wow! Went out and did a couple games. I was doing sidebars, I think, then because I was covering UCLA basketball. I think, but I was okay. helping out on Lakers, and I was also helping out on. Um, Cal State Northridge football and basketball. Well, I would not have run into you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody did. Back in the day, early days of Spears, I remember like it was never a shock to me that you were going to be covering a lot of big things. Uh, I don't even remember, like, how like, were you, you young, young, young back then? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. 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 I, mean, I graduated from uh, San Jose State 95, so this, that was the early years. And you went from Daily LA Daily News to what was your next step after that? You know, I, I'll tell the story real quick. I was covering the Angels, and I was in the press box at a game. The guy next to me was calling the pitches. He's like, slider, curveball, sinker. So I turned to him. I said, well, how do you know what pitches are they, they're throwing? He goes, you know, I, I was a catcher in uh, college. And I was like, man. Why am I covering baseball? I need to get back to basketball. Mm. And so I actually left the LA Daily News and went to Louisville, Kentucky to get back into basketball. And I covered University of Louisville, University of Kentucky, Denny Crum, Tubby Smith. And from there, I got the job covering the Nuggets in 1999. But it was uh, that moment 
having that guy, you know, call the pitches that told me I was in the wrong sport and I need to figure something out. Well, I mean, you know, obviously the background playing basketball. Um, did you have a love for baseball? Like, did you think you were going to do baseball? I was just open-minded to where everything took me at that time. You know, um, I did want to get back into basketball. But, I mean, like, I was basically two years removed from college covering Major League Baseball. I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to cry about that, right? You know, um, to that was the first professional beat I got to cover. But I wasn't like uh, – Man, it was crazy because at the LA Daily News, I lived in uh, Northridge and the team's in Anaheim. So I just remember I used to have to drive nearly like two hours to get to the mm -hmm. games. Yes, it was some traffic. In LA traffic, it might be three. <laughs> hey, some good LA Daily News talent, man. I mean, we can all talk about what that paper was doing at times, but yourself, uh, Mark Stein, right? Yeah. Howard Beck. Karen Krause, Gary Washburn. I'm just trying to let's wrap this. Ramona Shelburne. Ramona Shelburne's pull, pulling out of my memory here. Um, some real talent, real talent yeah. out of LA Daily News. Very low paid, yes. great talent. I almost <laughs> took a I almost took a job at the LA Daily News years and years ago. Okay, anyway, people are not quite subscribing <laughs> to listen they, to you they and don't me. Care about memory lane. <laughs> reminisce about our younger days. Maybe when there was a two in front of our ages yeah, instead, right. of, instead of what it is now. But, uh, all right, I got a spirit. It's, it's, it's almost two weeks after the Warriors were eliminated by the Lakers. Bob Meyer still hasn't talked about his situation. He usually does a year-ender uh, where he talks just about the season. That has – Kerr did his. Myers is not. Are, are you getting any vibrations about what's happening here? Does it feel to you like this is setting up for Bob Myers to leave the Warriors? I think it – actually feels like he's doing his deliberation. Um, I was expecting something this week. So, might be. so you know, he uh, he was in Chicago, but he didn't go to the NBA GM's meeting. But the Warriors will tell you that that's not, you know, uh, something that's unique for him to miss those meetings, although there were others that alerted me to it and found that to be interesting. Um, Mike Dunleavy Jr., took his place in the meetings and I, I do think there are some potential that if if bob does step away that mike could be the successor we'll see perhaps if they do make a change and this is said respectfully to mike that time for them to look at a diverse group of candidates unless steph clay and draymond draymond are very like pro mike that's who makes him happy then stick with it uh, if not, then, you know, maybe the, there needs to be some new blood that comes in. Um, but I did hear, it's on, I know you've heard that Bob has a lucrative offer on the table. But I, from what I gather, this is more a family situation decision than um, a financial decision. I think people don't realize the toll that this job takes on you. They just see the money and the fame with it. But, you know, you get those calls at 2 a.m. Hey, man, this happened or that happened. And, you know, you spend so much time away from your family. You know, Bob was an agent before, and that's not to say that being an agent is easy, but there's a lot of uh, stress that comes with this position. I think he's done enough where if he took a break for a year to recharge his batteries, there would be an opportunity somewhere else. But you are walking away from something amazing, right? If it's the stress of the job that's piling on them, I think perhaps there's a way where you just take some responsibilities away. 
right? Does he need to do A, B, and C? Like maybe cut some things off his plate that, you know, makes the job a little bit more manageable. I don't have any notion which way, one way or the other. I just, you know, the one thing I have heard is that he's been doing his due diligence, talking to people in the business world that have had to make similar decisions and kind of, you know, gauge, you know, what they think, which tells me that he hasn't ruled out coming back. Yep. Well, you're throwing out something that I, I've been thinking about, you know, kind of a compromise, it, probably not a long-term thing for him to return, but if you say he's the president, you know, in, in, in whatever term, and someone else is the general manager, yeah. whether it's Mike Dunleavy Jr. or Sean Livingston or whoever else it could Larry be. Harris or- Larry Harris. Like yeah. we, They have a lot of other guys. Kirk Leggett, I know that, that sets a lot of the fan base alarm bells, and I understand why, but they have other people. You could bring back Travis Schlenk. You know, you could do yeah. different things. And split it up that way. And maybe Bob lives in L.A. You know, we know the family, I think, you know, is pulling him to L.A. And I totally understand that if that's where, you know, his family wants to be. Could you see something like that? I mean, it's been set up like other teams have set it up like this, right? Find a happy medium. You know, um, there's guys like I feel like in in Boston, like Danny Ainge, as when I covered the Celtics, as he, he got older, he became, you know, Basically, the person that was more of an advisor and made the big decisions in the end showed up when the when the fire was uh, when the house was on fire, those kind of things. But a little minutia stuff, you know, you have somebody you trust to kind of take care of it, right? Like you know, uh, if Rollins is not doing well today, well, <laughs> maybe somebody else handles yeah. that. You know, respect. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You just call me when the when the big stuff happens, right? You know, and and I think it, it does seem kind of odd for a general manager or even a president to live in another town, but it's it's not un, unheard of. And and you got to remember too, this is a seasonal job, so um, perhaps when the team is in town. I'm sure there's an apartment that he could get nearby <laughs> or if he doesn't already have that, you know, he could come by. And, but if, if it ain't like LA is far, right. I know Chris Paul, um, he, you know, living in Phoenix, he gets home and he takes JSX. I'm, I'm probably should be putting his business out there on mm-hmm. the street, but he, he takes the, 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 like basically the private jet airline gets him home. Um, but for him, it's harder because he's a player and he doesn't know the practice schedule. Whereas for Bob, I mean, how hard it would it be for him to go to a practice and, you know, just jump on Southwest and get home, right? Yep. Yep. And I, I think I think there's a happy medium to make it work. It's um if, if he goes, I don't I don't blame the Warriors for his departure. I think the 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 stress of the job is the departure and he just wanted to make a change, but LA is not, you know, it's, this is, this isn't the stage coach here, <laughs> <laughs> right? You could get up and back from LA. He might be able to get on that uh, private, private charter stuff. Too. And they got zooms now, yes, you know what I mean? It's do. like, you, you got means to figure out a way to communicate. If Myers does go, it would be the first big piece to leave this, you know, other, you know, Durant came and went, I, I put him in a different category. Yeah. 
but he would be the first one of Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kerr, that group, which we, we know is so tight, has done so much. Would you think this would be the end of it? Or what would what, what would ha- your feeling about all this be if Myers does leave? I still feel like the big three is back. I have a hunch that they'll figure out something with Draymond. Yep. Figure out something with Clay. I mean, like, I do remember speaking about Danny Ainge. He once said that he told Red R back at some point you should trade Bird while he still has value, which our back didn't do. And, you know, Bird obviously went into the sunset with the bad back and, and not, I mean, they weren't going to trade him. But the love for those three guys is so strong. I bet you if you ask the fans, they'd rather them run into the sunset with no assets to return than, than for them to go play in another uniform. Uh, Tony Parker, I, I remember him playing in Charlotte, mm-hmm. that one year in Charlotte. And he signed a two-year deal and actually played, had a good season there. First time in a while coming up since his like early years coming off the bench or I guess since his rookie year. But it was like he said it was the first time in his career where he felt like he couldn't win. Win a title and he left money on the table and retired. So it's like lost tapes now. It's like him and Michael Jordan in Washington. <laughs> like, do you want to see Draymond in the Pelicans uniform? You know what I mean? Like it's um I think as they get older, they're getting wiser and they realize the magnitude of, you know, wearing this uniform. And then you think about like all the rumors about Draymond going to the Lakers and blah, blah, blah. When you hitch your wagon to somebody else, you lose control. I mean, and now you see this, like LeBron James is thinking about retiring. So do you want to make that dramatic of a change and, you know what I mean? Uh, well, look, Durant hooked it with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, you know, I, I, I remember, and 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 this is one bringing back one of your, the old buddies you covered, uh, Nick Van Exel, hmm. right? Who I love. I preface it, I love Nick. Nick's my I like, guy. I like Nick a lot too. Yeah, and Nick um, will tell you that he made a lot of mistakes as a player, maturity mistakes. One of the things he did was he convinced Antonio McDice to resign in Denver. And then during that next season, he asked for a trade. Like So you got to be careful going somewhere for somebody else, man. Yeah. Like Because you never know what happens in their life or what they decide to do. So I think for Draymond the, and for Clay, I know Clay doesn't want to go anywhere. Like the thought of that just seems foreign to him. Obviously, Steph doesn't and won't. Draymond's the the shiny light, right? You, you wonder, uh, but I do think quietly, like just the thought of leaving here, starting new, hearing stories from his former teammates about, man, they don't do things quite <laughs> like they do where you're at. Like the food, the travel, all that, it's not the same, right? I, I think in the end, he figures out a way to stay and hopefully uh, go into the sunset at Chase Center. And it's not just the Warriors, it's the Steph Curry Warriors. That's the part I keep getting back yeah. to. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I keep saying Durant's a separate entity, but he was, he joined Steph in, in a huge, incredible partnership, whatever we want to describe it. And then he left mm-hmm. him for, for Kyrie Irving and he had to leave Kyrie Irving for it to work. And we'll see how it works in, in Phoenix. 
Draymond's been with Steph this whole time, right? Do you want to be the guy who leaves Steph? And, and then there's the, like I just wrote about Melo and how he left Denver, which I think he probably regrets it. The fans are, took it way too hard, right? Same way the Thunder fans are still bitter about KD and all that. Like, they're human. They could decide what they want to do. But there's just so much power in having worn one uniform. Yep. So much power, right? Like, those are guys that get statues. Those are guys that are legends that they always bring back. And those are guys that always make money with that franchise, right? And so you're this close to the end. Do you want to make that dramatic of a change? You already got your championships. Like, how much more money are you going to make, right? I think for Draymond, the biggest thing for him is probably staying put and getting his media company in place. Because that's, to me, when I talk to him, that's his dream, is to build his own media company, you know, um, which, you know, I'm sure he could do here. I ultimately see him as an L.A. guy, maybe living in L.A., but I do think he understands the value of just having that one jersey. Myers wants, I think, wants to run a media company. Everybody wants to get into media spears. Come on, everybody as long as they wants to give us jobs when they get rid of us at our places, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. They yep. don't forget us, man, <laughs> or take over our places or whatever <laughs> they're going to do. Absolutely, remember the little people. Yeah. Uh, I I know you know the Jordan Poole situation really well, and 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 you've reported or said. You know, hey, this might not be a piece that works long term for them. Mm -hmm. you, you know him personally. Um, where I do you think well. that? I can't yeah, say I know. Yeah, him. I don't know that any media yeah. person knows him that well. But you know, you know him. I mean, there's no question yeah. about that. I, I see that. Uh, where do you think that's headed? This Jordan Poole's career, yeah. the Warriors' needs. Where, where's that going? Oof. I, from being in Chicago, talking to folks. I, I hear chatter that there will be some exploration, see what is out there for him. You know, um, that contract's a big contract, though. Yep. I don't and think just it will starting. Be, just starting, too. Yeah, it's a, it won't be easy to trade, but, I mean, it, he's super talented. Perhaps there is a team that I'm sure there's some teams out there that would be attracted to having such a score with them. It. it it actually might end up being a win-win for both, right? Because he gets to start fresh. And actually, if a team goes for him, they're going for him to be like 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 the trade for Kuzma to Washington. Like, what did it do for Kuzma? He he was sitting in shadows. What did what did Brandon Ingram's trade to Pelicans do for him? Right. I just think he's gonna be in a shadow in Golden State. So if I'm pool, I'll probably welcome it. Um if I'm Moody, I welcome it too. Hmm. I was very impressed with Moody, these playoffs. His ability to focus, be patient for his opportunity. But, you know, somebody close to him told, told me, he's like, he's always he's not the best practice player, but he always shows up when the lights are on. And I see that. Is he the scorer that, that Jordan is? No, but he could score. And he defends. Just solid. And uh, so if you could move Jordan in a place where they could get some salary cap space, which I think the Warriors do need, if, especially in their in their quest to keep, you know, Clay and Draymond, I feel like you could do that because of Moody. 
and Moody's not going to be as expensive. But he's he's a he's a really good player. Yep, he's a really good player, and I I think he's um he's deserving of the opportunity. Um, and that so uh, I think that if 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 there is something to watch other than Bob, to me is you know uh, and that's another reason why the Bob situation I think needs to get settled because this is a time when teams are contemplating trades on draft day. This is a time when you're starting to put your ducks in a row for free agency. Obviously this is a time where you're trying to figure out your pick, not that the Warriors have some amazing pick, but if you got a, a carrot to dangle like a Jordan pool carrot, and perhaps you could get a first for him, right. In a place that would rather add a, a an elite score than another young guy. Um, but who's taking the call now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. who's in charge? Can can you make a decision, a major decision like that, or make a major trade like that, if you're thinking about walking out the door? Like that's why I think it's important for the Warriors to um, for for Bob and the Warriors to figure out what the deal is, because there's there's a lot at stake with Clay. Draymond, you know, um, and and the longer it goes, the more complicated the other issues become. Because I, I I know Clay loves Bob, I know Draymond loves Bob, but Draymond said he's like it's a business; he has to do what's best for him. And ultimately, Draymond's going to do what's best for himself too. Um, so I, I I think you love they love Bob, but at what well, at you know, not to the death of him. You yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> still a business. They make their own individual decisions, and they're grown-ups yep. who, who've made yep. a lot of them already. That's why it makes it, you know, really feels like it's Dunleavy, like that it's A-B, right? It's Bob making yep. decisions and staying, or it's Bob leaving, and Dunleavy has a big say. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, and, and just... Now, just I, would, a- I would say this. Respectfully, I'd like to see their front office get much more diverse yeah, I totally than understand it is. That. Yep. Um, see a woman get in it, see some more people of color get in it. That's not to say that Dunleavy Jr. doesn't deserve the opportunity, but I would like to see that. Yep. See, oh, they could absolutely do that. And, you know, all the way up, right? All the way up. Yeah. Uh, totally understand that. And and that will be looked at for sure by outsiders, at least, if they make this move. Um, but anyway, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Is that a name you hear, you know, when you're in Chicago or just around that, that they might be interested in? They could be interested in moving. Or do you think where's a hold on to this guy? This rare talent. He's a rare talent. There's no question about that. But you just know, it's bl- like when I hear that, I'm like, la, 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 la. like I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and didn't, but didn't play in Lakers series, right? Did not play in Lakers series. I was just doing an um, interview with Clay's dad in LA before the last, the last Lakers game. And that subject came up. Um, and like still, I, Steve Kerr is a hell of a coach. Let me first say that. Um, it's easy to be Monday morning quarterback, but I'm still confused why Kaminga didn't play. I've been marveling about him since he played with the G League Ignite over in the Concord or Walnut Creek or wherever they were, right? Um, Warriors got to figure that out. You've already lost one young talent, you can't lose another like that. Someone say the same for Poole. Kaminga to me is what I see a day where he could be an all-star, but there needs to be a day where you got to live with his mistakes and just let him go. 
And I feel like the Warriors have done that with Jordan Poole um, to a certain extent because in the playoffs they kind of reeled back. But I wouldn't trade him. <laughs> yep, yep. No. Nope. Uh, but I, I could understand his frustration. He's, and, and people, oh, that's youth and this and that. No, I mean, I think if you know that you could help, that burns even more. And I I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't think he could have helped the Warriors. I'm not saying he changed what happened, but he could have helped. Especially in that series, right? The yeah, Lakers yeah. matchup. Yeah. I mean, he, he has a LeBron body. Yep. And, and fighting through some of those big bodies, being athletic. Um, we'll see. Well, I mean, I, well, I think Tim, I'm going to throw yeah. this out there. Like when we first started coming to NBA, right. This is the OG podcast today. <laughs> um, we used to get to watch practice. Oh yeah. And I was, you know, I was around and I covered the nuggets from 99 to 2007. So I've been around the nuggets a little bit going down nostalgia row. When I first started covering the nuggets, when you first started covering the Lakers, we used to be able to watch practice beginning to end. We could watch practice. And it answered a lot of questions for us as writers. Like, why isn't this guy playing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I remember in practice he was lazy or he didn't know the plays or, you know, they kind of trusted us to like, all right, you got to keep this in house for us. We're going to let you watch. But to me, that's where we as reporters now have a disconnect. We don't get to watch practice. We haven't in years. So a lot of times, like, there's there's a method to madness. Like, why does this guy not play? If we got to watch practice, we would know. Like, there's to me, there's more to the story that, you know, we haven't been able to figure out. And um, that's I, I miss that access because when I had that access until George Carl messed it up with the <laughs> Nuggets when he started getting paranoid. Yeah, I said it, George. Um <laughs> And here we have George Carl now to rebut you. No, I yeah, no, he, <laughs> ain't no rebut there. He got paranoid and shut it down. Um, I I just think that it made a lot of things clear for us because there's something going. There's something. He's too talented not to be given given the opportunity. So there's something behind the scenes that whether it's in practice or knowledge of plays or whatever that must be frustrating him because that's that's too shiny of an object sitting on the bench to not use it. Like there was this Ferrari sitting in the parking lot and collecting dust. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. There aren't many John Kamingas. And no. even in this league, there's full of talented players. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just the practical part was I talked with Kerr and trying to you know narrow it down is... Kerr's playing him as a three, and the minutes are at four. You know, when Wiggins and Gary Payton are on the roster, the minutes are at the back of four, and Kerr did not feel confident about him uh, playing those minutes. Uh, And at the three, he loses the minutes because he doesn't have the jump shot yet. So it it, practically, beyond all the the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, it's can he be aggressive and can Kerr count on to get five rebounds if he's going to play 16 minutes and not zero. Uh, but but he didn't just, get a chance to get one. Yeah, he didn't get none. I didn't get any minutes. Uh, I <laughs> he didn't even get a chance to like, you know, mess up. Yeah, I, I just you mentioned this practice thing. People may or may not be fascinated by this, but the one thing the NFL does right, really does right, is training camp practices are open, 
And we don't get to get BC practice during season, but training camp practices, when you're watching players, you get you just file certain information by watching these practices that you cannot get any other way. And OTAs, 49ers, I was at 49ers, you know, whatever. It's no helmets, whatever. But you see things. And if the NBA could, you know, they weren't, I mean, you see work Drake, ethic and you see lazy. Exactly. You see who's you see, in rhythm, who's out of rhythm. Talent and you see lack of talent. Absolutely. And, and against each other on the field. Yeah. Now, of course, Draymond punches pool in a training camp practice. We will, they will never allow us ever to see anything hey, like but, that. But if again. you remember, we saw skirmishes. Yeah. Oh, yeah we were, and, and, and the rule we got, which is probably unethical. Like, I, I don't know if I, but this is what it was then, right? Hey, you can watch practice, but if somebody fights, you didn't see it, <laughs> right? And I think it was the influx of social media that changed that. Like when when they started having, it wasn't even social media. I, I want to say it was blogs, yeah, where they were like, "Well, if we we Tim Mark, we trust you, but these some of these yeah. other journalists, yeah. we don't really trust them." And but we gotta let everybody in, so now nah, we're not letting y'all in no more. Hey, Phil, ja- I cover Phil. Phil Jackson said absolutely zero. I mean, that was from the second Phil showed up at the Lakers. You guys couldn't watch practice. No, and suppose he was a lot. It wasn't like last ten minutes or last whatever, and that was always completely botched like up. Yeah. Nothing. We guys yeah. were walking out of the building when the doors opened for us. Love Phil. I love covering him, but he was really bad at that. Uh, and he just believed that it was sacred territory, you know, sacred time. We shouldn't, you know, huh. and Kerr's a little bit like that to me. Kerr coming from Popovich and, yeah. and Phil, he won't, he's not open up practice. So I, I get it. I, I would say I mean, like training camp. It. Yeah. Training camp it. practices where I was like the NFL, they do weird, you know, guys fight, whatever on the field, but we see it and it just gives us texture for what happens the rest yeah. of the season. And, 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 we don't and like that one open practice that NBA team no, yeah, down, like that's worthless. Like you Need more than that. Way more. I mean, it's a it's a crowd thing, and that's fine, but it doesn't give us. But I do it, think the whole like, if if they said, "Hey, we're gonna let you watch, but we're taking your phones," I'd be cool with it. Yep, I'd be cool. That's NFL. It. NFL's that way. Training camps that way. You're yeah. not supposed to get on your phone. Uh, not supposed to be taking pictures after a certain period. I would love it. It's not going to happen, but yeah. I would absolutely. I used to watch UCLA practice. It was incredible. Ed O'Bannon, you know, Tyus oh, Sedney, you know, all that. It was incredible. Yeah. J.R. Henderson. Hey, Chris but you Tom. know what, like, rankles me too is like then you, like, practice opens up and you see the, the TV people and the radio people walk out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no Okay, they get access. <laughs> okay. But they're uh, team employees, whatever. I'll punch you. Old guys complaining about, about, about the sky, sky, baby, oh, where you at the sky. Remember back in the day. <laughs> All right, LeBron. Got to ask you about LeBron. He like throws out these hints, more not even subtle hints that he might be considering retirement. What do you take from them? Uh, and I got to ask Kevin O'Connor threw it out there, and people got mad at me for amplifying it. But I, I mean, I think it's a very, very minuscule chance that he would want to get to the Warriors. But I don't think it's. I I think you and I both know the Warriors made some calls on him, like in sixteen and eight, whatever. Uh, one of these previous times he was raising, he didn't go, but like they made calls on him. Um, where where do you think LeBron what what do you think LeBron's doing here? Throwing out these hints. You know, I did find it interesting that um Clay's uncle is uh an amazing photo journalist. Sure. Right, visual journalist. Um he did the last dance. Yeah. And guess who he's following around this playoff series? 
Libra? Yes. Wow. I see him. I see him around the Warriors a little bit, but it wasn't a ton. It wasn't. Yeah. A ton. No. He. Uh, so he was. He was following him around. I, I don't know if it just started in the playoffs, but the fact that you know um, he was following him around, uh, I thought was interesting to me. Um, the thing is, you got to remember, LeBron is thirty-eight years old, and he has a son that's about to play college basketball at USC, which is exciting. It's exciting, right? Oh, yeah. You got a son who, from all accounts that I hear, is the LeBron alike son mm-hmm. who's changed high schools. He's about to embark on a great uh, high school basketball career. I'm sure their their daughter is in, invested in some things, and you miss a lot of stuff as a, as a father traveling like he does, right? Um, then the locker room, most of the guys, you could be there – almost be their dad you're like their uncle is it as fun uh as it was the your, your the, what the toll your body has to take every day and i was talking to jeff green about lebron james and he's like i had to tap out in terms of working out with him i can't do everything mm-hmm. that he does and he was talking about that i don't what's i don't know what that machine is called but he was just talking about all the stuff that lebron does and, and it's like at some point, do you want to keep working out that hard? And and the one thing I always ask myself about elite players in any sport, and Tim, you've probably been there, is like, how do you want to be remembered in the end? Like, you always hear stories now about what Willie Mays was like in the yeah. end. I Like, to me, Michael Jordan, the Washington Wizards tapes are the lost tapes. Like, you'd never see any, like, Wizards Jordan tapes. And I still remember seeing him get his shot blocked by Vashawn Leonard and Vashawn Leonard standing over him. I'll never unsee that, right? From Because the only Jordan I got to cover was the Wizards Jordan, right? Um, what, do you, what does LeBron James want as last images of people to see him? Obviously, getting swept doesn't make it great, but he had 40. Um, like at some, I don't see any major decline, but if you walk away looking like this, you're the all-time leading scorer. There's really nothing for him to prove. I get it. I get it. We we remember him on an elite level, and he was like a high school kid when Jordan retired, so he probably remembers that. Um, so I I believe that he's truly considering retirement. Um, I believe that he probably is more tired than. We're letting on. And then the NBA doesn't do them any favors because the, the Western Conference Finals, the second round, they're playing every other day. Yep. Like, I, I don't I still don't understand that, like where there is at least in the middle of the series, put a two day break in there somewhere. You know, um, it was funny. Michael Thompson bitched at me because I, I said that on the on the air, on the radio. These guys. <laughs> They we we used to take commercial jets and blah 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 and, and, and you know and and I should have told him well you know you got Pat Riley fired for working y'all too hard <laughs> right like forget that part in the but middle I, of a week I, off before the finals yeah I, I just think it it just um I sprained my knee just getting off the plane the other day mm-hmm. that's the kind of injuries you have mm-hmm. as you get older mm-hmm. like, well you know you saw me limping all last playoffs right I mean yeah. You know. <laughs> So I mean, at, at at some point, man, you're tired. You get tired. 
you get tired and maybe he's had enough. So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know LeBron James. Well, obviously I've been around him a ton. Um, but I, I would think that you don't, I don't think he said that for attention. He doesn't need attention. He's getting, he always gets attention. I think there is some, some real thought to it. And there's some real reward for saying goodbye and go and watch your kids play. He could take a year off too, right? Just take a year off. Come back healthy. I think it's different. <laughs> yeah. Once you once you walk away, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard I get to get it. that 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 um train going again. He's different. He's a different. That's well, true. We'll see. Yeah, he's thirty eight. So it's. I mean, all things change when you're 38, yeah. 39, 40, as we, we all discover. But yeah. um, it's I like think, as yeah. soon as that your odometer hits forty, everything starts. <laughs> yeah, but fifty is a different ball game. <laughs> Suddenly, when it, I hit fifty, I I'm like, where does heart issue come from? I didn't had that before. Like, yeah. Oh no question. That's the that's the on ramp to a whole lot of other things. Fifty years. There's. <laughs> well, speaking of, we're not speaking of old age. You're speaking of achievements. You're a Hall of Famer now, Naismith, uh, Hall of Fame, Kirk Gowdy Award winner. Uh, the ceremony's coming up uh, in the off seasons. They're so proud of you. So deserving, Mark Thank Spears. You. I mean, do you start thinking about like uh, I'm giving a speech? Like, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be on TV. People are going to be watching this. Like, what kind of hits you when you know this day is approaching? I think I'm starting to get more and more butterflies as we get closer. Um, but I do realize I'm the undercard, right? Let's let's you know, me and Holly Rowe are getting the Kirk Gowdy Award, and Tim. It's crazy because like as a kid growing up in San Jose. I was like, man, I would love to be an NBA star. But I also saw a stat in the seventh grade that said less than 2% of all college basketball players make it to the NBA. And I was like, dang, I could be good, but I ain't. <laughs> That's hard, man. I was a realistic kid, too. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I always shout out to, um, you know, all the people that helped me along the way, right? Um, but... I just realized as a kid, like, there's another way to get to the NBA, and it was through journalism. And so I, I've i seen 20-plus NBA finals, seen 20-plus All-Star games. This game was taking me all over the world. And I've probably been to more games than any players ever played. And so for them to think that my work is worthy of being in that that building – Oh man, like they could put my name in the bathroom. Like they they could put it over by the vending machine upside down. I'm in there, man. And it's um to think that I got there because of my mind instead of my body is is it's still like humbling and stunning to me. Um so like people are like, Oh, you gonna cry when you say your speech? I, well, I had to give them the speech in July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> early july they told me they want the speech and i got five minutes i don't know what i'm gonna cram in in five minutes but i'm gonna i get to read it off a teleprompter but i think um it kind of reminds you of like a wedding in the sense like i tell my friends when they get married like you got to look at the room and remember who was in the room mm-hmm. like who thought it was important enough for them to be there Right. And so like my mom, I, you know, my mom, uh, my dad has ALS. 
and lives in New Orleans and my mom is going to get to go because my sister is going to sacrifice to like spend time with my dad so she could, so my mom could go. So that's the stuff that kind of like, you know, gets you yeah. right. Um, family that, that has, and friends that are like my buddy Al Gordon in, in Oakland. He's like, yeah, me and my son bought tickets and tickets are $600. Mm. You're paying 600 bucks to see me say a five minute speech. That's love. Yeah. I'm not putting pressure on any of my friends to go. It's expensive. Um, and I love them still the same. But if they get there, like, that's love, man. So I think those kind of things, like, you know, really kind of, they're going to uh, do a little dinner for me. Anscape, you know, treats me wonderfully. They're going to do a little dinner for me. I think that's where it gets emotional, the dinner. Yeah. And then Friday, it's like, all right, it's business. I got to say this speech. <laughs> it's going to be so quick that, yep. you know, but to be Tony Parker's my guy, like the guys I covered, Dirk Nowitzki, Greg Popovich, Pal Gasol, Dwayne Wade. Like, you know, I, I was actually a little disappointed. Like that Jennifer Azey was up and she didn't make it. Mm -hmm. Man, I was a big Jennifer Azey fan. Yep. yep. San Jose Lasers, baby. You know, <laughs> Stanford. I, I, she didn't make it, but I, I was hope she'll get there. Oh, she'll get um, there. Yeah, but um, I just, uh, it's going to be a great day, man. Great emotional day for me, and um, every time I hear somebody call me that, there's a lot of pride that comes with that. Well, you deserve it. I don't just say that you know. I feel that. Uh, thanks, You're brother. a great public speaker, by the way. I mean, you are. So, I mean, what you said at you Lawrence, I'm Lawrence Fans Memorial. Lawrence Fans Memorial. It oh, was okay. really, you got me on that one. Uh, and it was an emotional time anyway, but, yeah, um, you know. Was I don't he the best? Oh, uh, he Lawrence was unbelievable. I mean, he's also no, yeah. states, uh, former long SID, yeah, SID and Mark Mark gave just a tremendous a lot of people did, but yeah. you really got me, Mark. It was personal and it was detailed. So um uh I just want to like when you start talking about and when I asked you about the Hall of Fame speech, I said, Man, this guy's gonna be able to do it because that was not an easy moment for anybody and yeah. it was beautiful. So uh, all right, we'll end this on that <laughs> wonderful note. But no, I want to ask yeah. you a question that I can't yeah. wait to ask a version that I've asked you before. Oof. And you're a food guy. I trust you on all things Oof. food. I've taken Oof. your recommendations. I've loved Oof. them. Mark Spears, what's your favorite restaurant right now? In the world or in the Bay? Anywhere. Well, anyone you want to mention. Bay is always helpful for me, at least, because I know I can get to it. Can I give you two? Give me two. One in the Bay and one outside. I'm going to go outside first. My favorite restaurant is in Tijuana. Hmm. It's called Mission 19. Um, Anthony Bourdain, the late, great Anthony Bourdain, he hit me to the restaurant on his show. And so what you have to do, it sounds a little daunting to probably Americans, but I'm, you know, a man of international mystery, I guess you could say. I love going. Uh, just take your car or your, your cab down to the border, get across the border, take a five-minute cab ride, and you'll have the most amazing meal for an Applebee's price. Hmm. Unbelievable steak, fish, everything. Spirits, uh, beautiful place, Mission 19. Trust me. Good. Wow. Okay. Do you want it? What's your local restaurant, Mark Spears? Okay, so my local restaurant... 
is Rich Table in San Francisco. It's on 199 Gough Street. Um, it's not cheap, but if you want to have just like an amazing experience, an amazing meal, you ain't got to wear a suit and tie. It, it's, it's a casual place. Um, Rich Table is amazing. Um, they have basically courses, different courses of food. And it's, 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 it's incredible. It's a family style menu. So this, this kind of just shows you how, how bougie I am. Um, so like they give you like, um, dried porcini donuts and snap peas. And then you'll have like, uh, sardine chips and beef, beef dumplings for your appetizer, but they bring all these things out. The dish that is like, I wouldn't think is something I would try, but I try things. I don't like being at dinner with people that won't try something. Just try it. <laughs> Just try it, man. It's not that hard. I'm not going to give you something that has, you know, poison in it, right? The, I'm going to say it wrong. The Tonarelli sea urchin, mm. Tasho de Pepe. Oh, man. Oh Umami is what it says. There you go. Oh, yeah. my goodness, bro. That right there, amazing. Then they got like fried rice with asparagus and black beans and parmigiano, and then in the in the in the main like these are courses. So they keep bringing you out these courses, right? And it's it's um you know black cod and ribeye for dinner, and then like give you some like salt minted chocolate ice cream for dessert. Like come on, man. Mm -hmm. They pair these wines with it. Man, Rich Table, it's an experience. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, you can dress casually. The vibe is good. The music in there is good. Like, San Francisco has so many great restaurants. But if you want to spend some money, that's the spot, bro. Mark Spear, you should cut an advertisement. You think you just cut an advertisement for that? Yeah, they place. need to give me a free meal. You got to get in there. You got to get in there because you yeah. are. Lining people up there. I am starving at like, 8, like, and then 8, like 20 a.m. Don't bring no person in there. I, I went there one time with somebody like, I need my I need my meat well done. No, you don't need to be here. Go. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Leave right now, man. Don't don't mess up my bougie experience. <laughs> my friends will tell you I have no look for my man Johnny Gilbert there too. He he's one of the owners. He does a great job, but uh I have no problems admitting my bouginess. Mm, well, good food, man. It is not food, wine. I don't yep. play. No nope. experience. Enjoy the life. Thing, the best thing that money can buy you is experience. Yep, sounds great. And you got to tell people too how long we, we we how long did it take me to figure out this name? By the way, I, I <laughs> the, six, seven, eight, ten minutes. He had to call his wife, uh, but we got it out. We knew we were going to, and you got it. Rich table, I think. Uh, we, you can go there and see Spears like lined up, ready to ready to eat some good food. That's and can I say something before we go? Sure. You know, respect to you for your journalism career, what you've sure. done in the Bay Area, becoming an icon here. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, I think it it took a big leap of faith to become an editor, to run a run a Bay Area website. But, you know, you had to have the brains and the mentality, the right mentality to do it. So I have a strong respect for you 
I don't walk by you without saying hello. Not that I do that to people, but I like I, I have a lot of respect for you and always have, man, since the beginning of our careers. So that. um keep just, you know, telling the truth in the Bay Area, man. I know you got a lot of haters, <laughs> but the one thing Tim's gonna do is is give it to you straight, no chaser. And and I, I hope the Bay Area like appreciates, you know, a journalist like this, man. So continue success for you, brother. Bay Area legend. Two kind spears, but you know what I feel about you. I mean, we don't want to need to make this, but uh, you know, I respect the people who do the best work, Thank and you, that's you, Spears, and that's you know several other people in this industry. Like there aren't there aren't a lot. Tanika, right? Oh, Tanika's um, yeah, she's I mean, top. Like, she's, I mean, that's, she's, that's, she's she's like she's the, the Wizard boss. of Oz, man. She's, she's behind the, the scenes doing she's... amazing work. <laughs> Tanika Smothers, you know. So people don't know, but you should know. Oh, the real boss, the real yeah. boss. We we do. I get a story with. Tan I only do a podcast with Tanika. She won't let me, but I can just do a podcast with Tanika. We can just tell stories with Tanika. But oh, uh, yeah, she knows where all the bodies are buried. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark Spears, so great to have you on. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, and uh, we got to do this again. We will. Uh, but yeah. really and, enjoy and, it. And, and there won't be any so so many. Uh, not now that we got the okay from you. <laughs> won't be so many hills to climb. You could just ask me now. That's a whole other backstory, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole other side of my personality came yeah. out on that one. But that's okay. I wanted you it on the show, right? Yeah, I wanted you on the show. It's like I just want Mark Spears on the yeah. show. So hey, let's man. get this happen. Let's make I, this happen. I work for a corporation. I just got to get them to put the stamp on it, and they did. Yeah, okay. I'm here. All good. This is, this is like seven different shows going on all at once. Yeah. I hope appreciate people appreciate that there's context to all this. But so glad to have you on. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame Kirk Gowdy Award. You're going to kill it at the speech, and I'm sure I'm going to see you before that anyway. Maybe Bob Myers will have a press conference. But uh, so glad to have you on. Thank you, Mark. Peace. All right, that's the show for today, everybody. <laughs>